Remember that weird guy who came to the town hall meeting in November? Lazari and I had just finished looking into the case of the disappearing town when one of its residents, an eccentric named Spider, remembered something interesting. I spied on him about a month ago while he was on the phone. Hear anything interesting? Well, just some stuff about how it was almost time to look in on Godric Pendergast. You're absolutely sure that's what he said? You don't forget a name like that. I sure hadn't. I keep a number of search alerts going at all times with multiple keyword combinations designed to flag inexplicable phenomena. And a man waking up from a 50-year coma definitely counts, particularly when he has a name like Godric Pendergast. Lazari and I have our next lead. I'm Blake Elrich, and this is Out of Sight. We're on our way to the hospital where Pendergast woke up a few weeks ago. Lazari's killing time, trying to open that weird brass pyramid she got from the nightmare artist Lindsay Martinez a few weeks ago. You mind putting that down for a minute to figure out where we are? One sec. I think I... Almost. If we miss the turnoff, we're in the middle of nowhere here. Holy shit. Did you just... It only opened like a centimeter, but fuck yeah. Can you see inside? There's like something rolling around in there. Can you get it out? She can't, though not for lack of trying. The little hole that opened up at the base of the pyramid just isn't wide enough. Shining her phone line in doesn't help either. She can neither see nor extract whatever's inside. It's like it's fucking with me, letting me make just enough progress to keep me interested, but I still haven't learned a damn thing. Needless to say, we miss our turnoff. Fortunately, backtracking turns out to be easy, and by noon, we find ourselves in Denver, in the lobby of Morningstar General Hospital. See, now I feel like a dick. Any special reason or just the usual? Normally, I'd just go ask someone about Pendergast, but everybody here is, like, busy healing someone. Seriously? This is what gives you scruples? You think this is the last time you'll be investigating scary shit at a hospital? You lost, handsome? Sometimes the world just hands you the solution. This time in the form of Morningstar receptionist Beatrice Bonner. She's probably in her 60s and simultaneously the sweetest and wickedest lady I've ever met. I, uh, I'm looking for someone who can tell me a little bit about Godric Pendergast. Well, I'd probably be able to help you out for a price. Price? How about a big kiss? Well, I mean, you play your cards, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Come into the cafeteria. I just started my break. Beatrice, it turns out, is a major find. She actually grew up in Lone Falls, what we now know as the Disappearing Town, which was also, as it turns out, Godric's stomping grounds. Small world. But as Beatrice explains... Lots of people migrate from Lone Falls to Denver. Town's so tiny, lots of us want to get out. Would you be willing to give me the inside scoop? Well, I could never resist a handsome face. Lazari, as you can probably imagine, is having the time of her life. You're welcome to keep staring. (laughs) So, he was seriously in a coma for 50 years? A bit more, actually. He went under in 68. I remember, because it was such big news. Because of who he was, or...? Godric Pendergast owned half the mines around Lone Falls, which made him almost everybody's boss. 
directly or indirectly. Where did he get his money? Family? I think. Whatever it was, he bought the whole area up. I remember my parents talking about it when I was a girl. So you've known about him your whole life? Oh, sure. Went to school with his youngest son, Jacob. That boy was a real fart, pardon my French. <laughs> he used to pull my pigtails. Family moved here to Denver in, oh, maybe 58, 59. And then when he was 45 years old, Godric just... No one knows why. One day his wife and kids came back from some errands and just found him in his armchair. Asleep, they thought. Cozy as you please. So determined not to disturb him, they even had dinner without him, and then his wife finally tried waking him up. And presumably couldn't. And he stayed asleep, just like that, until a few weeks ago. Fifty years. Fifty-one, I guess. All in one room in this building. He's become a bit of a legend. Been here for some people's whole careers. A lot of us used to go visit him in his room, you know, talk to him. Working at a hospital can get pretty stressful, you know, even administrative stuff. So sometimes on a hectic morning, instead of a smoke break, you'd go talk to Godric. He had a real calming energy. But not anymore. Yeah? I don't want to say anyone's disappointed, you understand? Of course. It's just... It's ridiculous, but when you spent 15 years like I have around the perfect listener... It's a bit of an adjustment when they wake up. Now he doesn't so much listen as talk. What does he say? Oh, nonsense, mostly. A lot of really weird stuff. You wouldn't happen to remember any specific weird stuff, would you? No. Though I heard he knew his nurse's name when he woke up. That's weird, right? Extremely. Like he remembers stuff from the coma. Hmm. Anything else? I don't go up there too much anymore. When you say go up there, is that a specific room number or... Okay, you're not that handsome. Worth a shot. He's not having any visitors who aren't family. Jacob the Fart, I guess. <laughs> Ugh, yes. And his granddaughter, Emily. Now she's alright. Don't know how she stands living in that old house with him, but... I exchange a look with Lazari. Sounds like that's our next stop. I promise to look in on Beatrice before I leave town. I'm holding you to that, and I better not see you without flowers. Anything for you, B. Oh, you just get that handsome mug out of my face. Anything for you, B. Yeah, you just don't like competition. Oh, dream on, babe. Fortunately, finding Emily Pendergast's address is relatively easy. She runs a private law firm out of her mansion. She's listed online. This is going to be a tough one. Rich woman with a sick grandfather who's made national headlines. Every bullshit faith healer alive must have already knocked on her door. Then let's play this like we did with the gold mine. Like the gold? You don't want me to introduce you. Not at first. Here's what I'm thinking. Can I help you? Here's the deal. My name's Blake, and I'm here about your grandfather. Okay, you know what? But I'm not a mystic. I'm not a guru. I'm not even a reporter. And I don't want to sell Godric's story. Then what do you want with my grandfather? I think he can help my sick friend. All right. That's a new one. Emily Pendergast is in her 30s and impeccably dressed in a tailored suit. We sit in her parlor on opposite sofas. Lazari perches on the arm next to me. I never knew Godric, obviously. I wasn't even a twinkle in my parents' eye when he went under. 
But in another way, he sort of defined my whole life. His coma and his money. That second part isn't bad. Mr. Elrich, who do you think owns this house? It's not like passed down in the... I bought it from the estate with the money I made from my practice. You bought your own house from your own family. I'm still paying it off, and will be for years. But at least now, my whole life isn't defined by being Godric Pendergast's granddaughter. Laz must know I'm about to say, then why didn't you buy some other house? Because she reaches over and squeezes my arm. Emily doesn't see it. So how can Godric help your friend? We're looking for someone who might have come to visit him shortly before he woke up. Maybe one of his old friends or business partners. Why? He might have caused some trouble for some friends of ours. What kind of trouble? I can't really go into that. Uh Uh-huh. But you want me to give you confidential information about who visits my grandfather in the hospital. That's different. Is it? First it was just information, now you're asking for people's names. How do I know I'm not enabling some vendetta? Vendetta? How do I know there's a real sick friend at all? Because (gasps) I've been standing in front of you for ten minutes. It's cool. I'm house-trained. Who are you? How did you get in here? If I had a nickel. You weren't there a second ago. Yeah, she was. She walked in right behind me, and she's been in your direct eye line this whole time. That's how I'm sick, and I think the guy who visited your grandfather is the one who made me like this. But... I like your style, Emily. Buying this house is a fuck you, I respect it. Makes me think you're the kind of person who would help me if you knew my story. We watch in silence, knowing full well this could go either way. Then... tell it to me. Honestly, the story gets longer every time we tell it. But Emily listens to the whole thing. It's getting dark by the time we finish, and she's sitting back with that shell-shocked expression we're getting used to. So if I was to leave this room right now, even just to get you some tea, or... You'd come back with one cup because you'd forget I was here. It's so hard to believe. I know. I struggled with it at first, too. It's more that... Lazari, I've just watched you talk for half an hour, and honestly, I just think you're too striking to forget. (laughs) Oh, uh... As I'm sure you haven't failed to notice, Mr. Elrich. Uh, I... And now I feel terrible. I mean, none of this is your fault. No, it's that now I genuinely want to help you, and I'm not sure I can. I'm not aware of any visitor my grandfather had who answers to your description. And he stopped collecting new associates 51 years ago. What about before the coma? Were there ever strange people who, I know you weren't alive, but maybe you heard stories or... There were those old, weird men my grandma used to have over before she passed. Your grandmother? Weird how? Or maybe eccentric's a better word? I remember one of them came to a party here with a full-length sword on his belt and proceeded to wave it around when he got drunk. Yikes. I'm old-fashioned. I just puke. Another guy collected African tribal masks. That sort of thing. The weird stuff people do when they're rich. Or that rich people do when they're weird. (laughs) These people would come to parties here? Every year around the holidays. 
They'd visit Godric in the hospital first, then they'd come here to the annual party. Six or seven of them, not always the same. Many of them too young to have known him in the first place. But they all knew each other. They wouldn't socialize with any of the other guests, just congregated in one area with each other. One year, they actually locked themselves in the library, wouldn't let anyone else come in. Look, I'm sorry, this really sounds like... Like a textbook secret society. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some people said they were Illuminati, but that seems a little melodramatic. My family's not that powerful or rich. Masons, maybe? They're actually pretty open about their membership, which is how I know they've never had a Godric Pendergast. If he belonged to a secret society, it wasn't one of the famous ones. He didn't have any weird visitors here, right? Like... Anyone asking for him here at the house, maybe just before he woke up? Nothing like that. I'm sorry. I feel bad even wasting your time with those old stories. They were probably just old men playing cribbage. If you knew my family, you'd understand. We're... so boring. Other than your granddad beating the world record for waking up from a coma by a cool 30 years. There's nothing else you can think of? I want to help you. I do, Lazari, but do you maybe want to look through his library? The Pendergast library is dark and cold, with a thin layer of dust over every surface. It actually takes a second to realize how beautiful it is. Bookcases set into every wall, a fireplace in the corner with a desk before it. This was clearly once someone's dream room. Godric designed it himself, and according to my father, spent all his time here. It's mostly been closed off since he went under. I think it made Gran sad. Feel free to look around, but I really don't want to get your hopes up. I don't really do hopes up, so don't worry about it. We're here for Lazari, so I'm trying not to act like a kid in a candy store, even though I feel like one. This room has everything. Gold statuettes... Intricate weapon replicas, strange masks hanging on the walls, faded posters rolled up in the corner, an old telegraph machine, an unmarked canister of 35 millimeter film, a gyroscope, a locked jewelry box, and of course, all the books. Just as I reach for the first one, blank. It's a brown leather satchel Plain, faded, nondescript. What? I don't get it. Is there something in it? Something on it. Sure enough, when I hold it under the desk lamp, I see it. Right on the front, stamped into the leather, are three letters. L-Y-S. Arranged into the exact same insignia as that letter under Lazari's motel door. I take it that means something to you? Can we open this? You look like you'll spontaneously combust if you don't. Emily, is someone with you? Shit, it's my dad. Emily, why are you in my father's... Hey, what the hell are you doing with that? Dad, I'm just showing some guests. Put that down right now. That's my father's. Whoa, easy. Dad, chill. This is Blake and Lazari. They're... Hi. Jesus, two of them? You're just letting looters into my father's study. Looters? Why can't you... Vultures... Just leave an old man in peace. You know what, Dad? I actually pay the mortgage here, so I can invite- It's okay. It's okay. We'll go. Blake. We'll go. It's fine. 
Seriously. We'll talk later. Come on, Laz. As Godric's son Jacob berates his daughter about letting scum into his house, we beat a hasty retreat, leaving the satchel and our best shot at finding answers on the library floor. What the hell, Blake? We need that satchel. And if we have to run from the cops, we'll never get it. We'll think of another way. The shrill ring of my cell phone wakes me at 8 a.m. Look, my dad... This is all stressing him out. Godric waking up, the national interest... Seriously, no sweat. I've heard worse. Maybe I can help you, though. What'd you have in mind? You want to meet my grandfather? I already know before I check with Laz that I'll be going alone. The more I like somebody, the more I hate meeting them a second time. I understand. Grab some more sleep if you want. Nah, I'll keep busy. On my way there, I stop at a flower shop and get Beatrice some daisies. Well, isn't that lovely? As promised. You know, you can buy them here in the hospital, right? A lady like you would see through that. Oh, you are trouble. Blake? Emily, hi. This is Saeed. He was the first one to find my grandfather awake. Pleasure. Recovery wards this way. Saeed Fadel is a tall, skinny guy in his 40s with a completely shaved head. He's technically the charge nurse in the ICU, but he's still very involved in Godric's care and sees him every day. You picked a good day for it. He's in a good mood. Pretty calm. Is he usually not? Saeed stops for a sec, looks back at Emily for permission. It's fine. Tell him. Look, the brain is a delicate organ. You'd already expect to see damage with a coma of more normal duration, but 50 years? Sure. A lot of his days, he's inactive, sits in his chair by the window, hums along with music. And other days? It can look a lot like dementia. Outbursts, agitation, pacing, ranting. Ranting about what? I mean, it's all delusions. It's not going to make any sense to Please. you. Please. Or... I'm curious, too. Um, he says a lot of stuff. Creatures made of darkness, and mazes that go on forever, and ghosts that aren't dead, and people who are books. He definitely said, ghosts that aren't dead. Yep. And he draws stuff, too. Weird symbols, and hangs them up around his room. And one time when he was mad at me for changing his linens, he threw one of the symbols at me, like he was trying to banish me. All in all, I prefer the tranquil days. Saeed has us wait outside Godric's room while he makes sure everything's okay. Then he brings us in. Oh, wow. The room overall is peaceful and nice, but Saeed wasn't kidding about the symbols. White paper everywhere, hanging like banners on the walls, stacked in piles on the table, folded into origami on the windowsill. A lot of it is blank, Some of it is painted with weird characters in black ink. Hi, Grandpa Godric. How are you today? You get a good breakfast? He's in a chair by the window, looking out to the courtyard. His hair is pure white, his body almost childlike in its smallness and frailty. He doesn't react when Emily speaks. Grandpa, this is my friend Blake. It's very nice to meet you, Mr. Pendergast. 
Grandpa, is it okay if my friend Blake asks you a couple of questions? I guess that's not a no. I really don't think he's going to be able to... I kneel down in front of Godric, right in his line of sight. His eyes, faded blue and unfocused, graze across my face, but never settle. He doesn't seem tranquil to me. It feels like there's something thrumming under there, just out of reach. Mr. Pendergast, I was wondering, it seems like you noticed some things when you were in your coma, like you knew Saeed's name, and I was wondering if maybe you might remember someone who visited you right before you woke up. He would have been tall, older, asking a lot of questions. Maybe his name was Vincent? Or do you maybe know anything about people who would have disappeared and no one remembers them anymore? Does that mean anything to you? Living ghosts? I don't know about this. Just another minute. And I'm kneeling there wishing more than anything that I had the damn LYS satchel with me so I could ask him about the... When it suddenly dawns on me that I don't need the satchel... I take the mysterious letter out of my bag, making sure to hold the LYS insignia up to the light from the window. Mr. Pendergast, do you recognize this? Do the letters LYS mean anything to you? That's when Godric's eyes light up. He lunges forward and grabs my wrist just below where I hold the letter. Grandpa? I'm an inch from his face, and he doesn't look agitated or upset or any of the words Saeed used to describe him. Godric Pendergast looks terrified. Okay. I think maybe. But Saeed is silenced as Godric snatches the envelope from me, grabs a pen from the windowsill, and scribbles something along the back, a string of numbers. Grandpa, are you all right? Three, eight, nine, seven. Is it some kind of code? Off my haunches and onto the ground. What did you do to him? Nothing. Nothing. I. Okay, I want this room cleared right now. Oh, hey, can everyone calm down here? I am not asking. This is a patient in a delicate state, and I won't have you. You're right, Saeed. Okay? You're right. But what is he saying? What did he write on the. I need everybody outside. You're right. I'm going. Blake, wait. Thank you, Emily. Thank you both. I'll be in touch. Within an hour, Lazari and I are back in the RV, poring over the envelope. 18 numbers total, separated into two groups of nine. It was definitely the LYS insignia. Nothing else made a dent, but when he saw that... Three, eight, nine, seven, one, 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 two, four. And then I guess a hyphen or a dash. Uh, then nine, five, four, five, six, zero, eight, seven, two. Could it be phone numbers? Yeah, maybe for another country. Okay, so... Find it, the hotel, and a mysterious he. Vincent? Maybe. Did he say anything else? Yeah, uh, listen to this. Dear 
What did you do to him? Nothing. Nothing. I... Uh... Leave. Is he saying leaf ear? His voice is so slurred. Like, what are the letters on the insignia? L-Y-S. What does that have to do with Leap year? Maybe leap year? Okay, it is helpful that you're much smarter than me, but it's also annoying. So that might be the L and the Y. Now, we just need the S. I wish we had that stupid satchel. It was the best lead we... The satchel? Okay, so you're just having a whole day, aren't you? Best part is Emily's dad was sitting in the library fuming the whole time I was taking it. You gotta be cursed, you might as well reap the benefits. Wanna do the honors? You definitely earned it. Actually, no. Really? You open it, and then tell me if I even want to know what's inside. You got it. Out of Sight. Created by Reflector Entertainment. Produced by Gideon Media. Written by Jessica Kincaid. Directed by Jordana Williams. And starring Jorge Cordova and Reina DeCourcy. The executive producer is Alexander Amancio. The IP producer is Alexis Otier. Sound design by Bart Fassbender. Music by Yuchiro Oku. And additional writing by Mac Rogers. The executive producer for Gideon Media is Sean Williams. This episode also features Bob Lane, Ashley Atkinson, Lori Elizabeth Parquet, Russell Jordan, Nima Jarabji, and James Foster Jr.